Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hello everyone and welcome to the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast. We're back for 2024. I hope you're all well and you enjoyed your Christmas and New Year and you set your targets and objectives and got your to-do list. Um, our to-do list was, um, well, it involves the Investec Champions Cup from this weekend really and the Six Nations is just on the horizon. There's plenty of rugby to get stuck into uh, and with me here... Steve Cording. Steve, how are you? I'm very well, Lawrence. Happy New Year to you. Can we still say Happy New Year? Just about, I think. Yeah, oh, I think, I think, we I think, can. I think when we get to the 15th, that's probably it, isn't it? Yeah, when do you stop putting it on emails? Because it becomes... <laughs> with, Big, with, annoying. <laughs> with, with my typing skills, it's another five minutes, really. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, hello, Steve. Um, sadly, Sarah can't be with us at the moment, but uh, we will have the Evening Standards rugby correspondent, Nick Puruwal, uh, dialing in from sunny Suffolk a little later on. But Steve, um, how are you, my friend? Uh, and what's been going on since we last spoke I think I spotted you in the crowd somewhere over the weekend yes my dry annuary has well and truly gone um, I went to uh, Bath yesterday Bath Racing with uh, my mates Rob and Matt and we had a fantastic day out I have to say it's um, as a ground right in the centre of town you fall off the train into the bars into the ground uh, fantastic game as well I'm in Bath came back from virtually looking like they were dead and have now got through to the uh, last 16. So, yeah, it was a thoroughly enjoyable day. Yeah, it's one of those, it's probably one of the most sort of scenic and picturesque places to watch a game of rugby, really. And, And the Bath fans have endured, you know, they've had a tough time the last couple of years. I think finally they seem to be on the right path in terms of their recruitment, their coaches, Johan van Graam. So, yeah, really, really exciting times and and let's hope they can can carry it on. I have to say Alfie Barbary was uh, really impressive. Lucky not to get a red card at the beginning, I thought. But in terms of raising the roof, he got the crowd going. He was going round and trying to make some noise because it was quite quiet in the first half. It was... um, Russing were pretty much on top, but hopefully, as long as he doesn't get any kind of suspension, he'll be a, a cert to get in that England squad, which is named uh, today as we, we're rec- well, we're recording Monday. It's coming out on Wednesday. Yeah, isn't I mean, it? So, unfortunately, I do think he will get his, his yellow card, the first one, upgraded to a red because it was. Uh, it was a tricky challenge there. Um, the second one, um, you know, the the pickup from the base of the scrummer, I think they'll probably just put that down to being a bit of an accident. But uh, listen, he's uh, definitely going to feature at some points. Uh, I don't think uh, if he's banned, he'll be in the squad straight away. But this is a seven-week tournament and mm. uh, let's hope uh, he can play some part in it. So what about yourself? Um, I noticed you playing a bit of football in the studio, <laughs> but that studio wasn't in England, was it? No, bizarrely. Um, well, listen, it's not bizarrely. These things happen as part of the TN 
TNT uh, Sport Rugby Broadcast Team, now owned very proudly by um, Warner Brother Discovery. And uh, ordinarily, we'd have been in a studio in London, but that's having a bit of a makeover and a facelift uh, down at Stockley Park. So we went out to Warsaw, of all places, um, which was interesting. Two days of working in a studio out there. Uh, myself, Craig Doyle and Brian O'Driscoll, the dream team. <laughs> I'm the honorary Irishman. Um and it was, uh, yeah, listen, it was great. Did the Poles have any interest in rugby? Um, not really, no. I mean, it felt like rugby weather. It was minus seven <laughs> over there. But it was uh, it, it was good fun. And we're, we're going back there next weekend. But there were some highlights. Um, certainly were, yeah. And uh, from the weekend's game, some cracking performances, as we've come to expect from this competition. It really doesn't disappoint the format, for those who don't know this, it's gone away from uh, having too many pool matches. There's only four pool matches now, of which this weekend was round three. Next weekend is round four. And then we go straight into a, a knockout with a bit more jeopardy, last 16. So you effectively got four pools um, with the top four teams qualifying. And then the fifth team go into the Challenge Cup and the sixth team drop out. So really interesting format. Uh, started off the competition by the English Gallagher Premiership Clubs doing slightly better, the likes of Northampton Saints and, and Exeter. And I think over the course of the last, well, this weekend, the French teams have definitely flex their collective muscle. Some amazing performances from the likes of the holders, La Rochelle. That was a big story, beating Leicester Tigers. They looked like uh, La Rochelle, that they were, you know, two defeats from two. Hadn't started the season particularly well, but they're back. Toulouse just regal and, and just go marching on. Their performance over in Ulster, Anton Dupont fast becoming probably the best rugby player, not just now, but of any generation, really. There's nothing that he can't do on a rugby field. And I thought the performance of Bordeaux against the mighty Saracen. Saracen's just going through a bit of a a bit of a, a, a blip at the moment, but it's probably a bit more of a blip. Uh, and then, of course, yourself, you know, down in Bath, you know, some really exciting games. But, I mean, just to put it into context, Racing uh, lost their opening two games, Racing 92. They've obviously lost again to Bath at the weekend, but yet they can still qualify, still qualify if, yeah. uh, <laughs> if they win their game uh, at home. I think they're playing uh, Cardiff uh, and they're probably likely to win in the week coming up. So uh... Yeah, so we've got so Northampton, Exeter, Toulouse, Bath, Quinns, Leinster, Bordeaux and Lyon are all now into that round 16. Um, there's still quite a bit to be decided next weekend. But yeah. I mean, of those, I mean, Bordeaux, I have to say, impressed me the most. But La Rochelle, as you say, I mean, uh, Ronan Argara said I was waiting for that. <laughs> it certainly came. I mean, do you think they'll be the ones that are going to be there or thereabouts again come the end of the tournament? Well, I think it's an interesting season. And we have to remember that we had the World Cup at the beginning of it. And a lot of these players, Saracens players, La Rochelle players, you know, they, they're providing a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, mm. Leinster. So, you know, none of the teams have quite hit their straps because a lot of their leading players are probably a little bit kind of, um, I don't know, just in a different place. Psychologically, the French and the Irish both thought they were going to win the World Cup and expected to. So they've come back into it and they've probably taken a little bit of time to recover psychologically, mentally. Mm. Uh, you know, La Rochelle brought back Gregory Aldrich, uh, the big number eight, the world-class number eight, Antonio, Dante, some of these players that maybe haven't been playing the early part of the season. And I think you can see the quality. So we've got eight teams that are qualified. Northampton are one of the few teams that have actually already got a home last 16. Mm. Just one for the listeners to, uh, to bear in mind. 
No team has ever won when playing away from home in the knockout last 16. So that home advantage is really crucial. It is. If yeah. you have home advantage, you carry that forward to the quarterfinals if you win as well. Right. And then you carry it forward to the country that you are from in the semifinals too. So it is quite significant. Getting and, that um, top seed, yeah. yeah. But actually, what we've got is some real jeopardy going into the weekend, you know, round four. We've got the likes of um, Saracens who are... What's going on there? I mean, obviously the, the speculation about Owen Farrell going to Russing, it does look like it's going to happen. Stuart Lancaster spoke about it yesterday after the game uh, in Bath. It seems to have derailed them and they've what, lost five out of their last seven games. I mean, is this just a, a natural end of a cycle, do you think, the way they're going? Well, it's a peculiar season for Saracens because they've obviously given a lot of players to England and other countries. I think, you know, best part of two-thirds of their first choice starting 15 were all away on World Cup duty. And they came back from the World Cup and they won five out of their opening six games and they marched themselves up the Premiership and everyone kind of thought that, you know, Saracens are back. But you're absolutely right. There's something not quite right there. Don't mm. You know, there's, there's obviously a lot of players moving in and out. You know, there was the whole Itoji, Jamie George, um, it, you know, situation. Those players, we believe, or I think it's been confirmed, have now signed these hybrid England RFU Saracens contracts. Owen Farrell, never far from the news. You know, he's obviously uh, stepped down from international rugby, quite understandably and quite rightly so. The week that he stepped down, they lost at home to Northampton when Itoji was actually captain. The news about him going to Racing was a bit left field. And... Since that's come out, they've been thumped by their biggest ever score away from home in the European Champions Cup. So it's not just a blip. You don't lose five out of seven. No. There is mitigation. They have significant injuries across their team. Uh, Mako Vinopola didn't play. Jamie George, Riccioni, their front five are decimated. Yeah. The back row, no Billy Vinopola at the weekend. Tom Willis. Ben Earl's been out for a significant period of time, although he's back. Alex Lazowski. I mean, you could argue that they've had a lot of injuries but in my opinion the off-field noise is getting louder and louder and up till recently it was probably not having much of an effect on the field um, but you can't help but think that all this noise around Farrell just get it announced I was just going to say do they just need to come out now and say right this is happening he's going at the end of the season yeah. this is the plans this is where we're going to go and then he can almost see out the rest of the yeah, season and, without and, that and use it as a positive mm. um, and look Mark McCall's an, a wonderful coach as, as are the Saracens coaches and they've they've got a bit of a job to do on their team um, they'll circle the wagons like every good coach does and every good team does. And, and the, the reality is, even though they lost by over 50 points at the weekend to Bordeaux, if they beat Leon and they beat them by more than Bristol beat Connaught, Connaught, actually, I should say it correctly, otherwise my Irish friends will, uh, will have me over the coals, um, then they, they, they qualify they for the yeah. So, you know, that's a fact that Pool 1 is absolutely fascinating. Saracens play Leon at home. And they've simply just got to score more points than, uh, in terms of the points difference than Bristol Bears get by going away to Connacht. Right, well, with all that talk about Saracens and England players, it's probably a very good time to bring in Nick Prewell from the Evening Standard. Nick, um, how are you, sir? Very well, thanks. How are you doing, Lawrence? Back in one piece from the weekend? Uh, I am indeed. I am indeed. I didn't have to visit any breakdowns in Poland, so I was okay. Um, Nick? Although we're in the thick of the European rugby at the moment, the Investec Champions Cup, it's not long until our attentions will be turning 
towards the Six Nations. Steve Borthwick, the England coach, will be announcing his England squad on Wednesday this week, I believe. Some of the performances from the weekend should help with that in terms of making his decisions a little bit easier. There's a number of significant injuries, particularly loose head. And I mean, just give our, give our listeners a bit of a flavour of, of the pick and mix that Steve Borthwick's likely to choose and, and who you think might be included well, I think it, it might not come as the, the biggest sort of shock at, at the moment, but I think one thing that definitely does deserve noting is, is Danny Kerr because, you know, he turned 37 on the 2nd of January and I fully expect him to be in the squad. I think, you know, Alex Mitchell's the man in possession of the nine shirts. Ben Youngs has retired from Test Rugby and you'd expect Ben Spencer to, to step into the squad as the third nine. But I think Danny Kerr, the way he played at the weekend, the way he's been just going generally, he's sort of in the form of his career almost and at 37 years young, that's a extremely impressive situation in which he finds himself. So we've got Alex Mitchell, who's the first choice number nine, yeah. um, and going fantastically well for Northampton Saints. You're saying that Danny Kerr is probably going to uh, to fill up an, another spot, and and then uh, you know you'd think that Ben Spencer. I mean, Van Poorfleet's not not really been in the picture, so Ben Spencer's playing superbly well. What about the England captaincy? Because what we do know is that Owen Farrell won't be in the squad for the first time in a very very long time. Steve Borthwick, he's always been. Farrell's number one fan and uh, no question about him having the captaincy. Uh, I've been a big fan of Owen Farrell, but I've always been a big fan of the captaincy going to one of the forwards, really, because, you know, 99.9% of every decision made on a rugby field is made around the breakdown. So, um, I mean, the early indications are that maybe Jamie George, who probably should have had the captaincy about three or four years ago, uh, might finally be named as captain. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's, I mean, certainly that's who I would pick. He's one of the most influential guys in that squad. He's obviously clearly highly respected by the squad. He's the guy who stepped forward to kind of lead the discussions about moving away from the RPA. So he's been negotiating on everyone's behalf with the with the RFU about the hybrid contracts or enhanced elite player squad contracts deals as the as the RFU would call it so yeah I think he's the man for the job he's the first name on the team sheet certainly at hooker one of the first names in the side full stop uh, somebody you can completely rely on and he can manage every aspect of, of that role really really well especially handling the media and staying calm and just being fairly open and, and quite relaxed with it and I think it could be a breath of fresh air if he's the man that gets selected I think he's the guy who could probably maybe lighten up Steve Borthwick a bit as well Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Nick, would you uh, envisage any surprise names in the squad? I mean, obviously, um, Emmanuel Fee Wabusu, I love saying that name. He has uh, obviously decided he wants to play for England rather than Wales. He's got to put him in the squad now, hasn't he, surely, if he's made that commitment? I'm not sure it's as clear-cut as that. He said that he's not available for Wales at this point, and so I think if Borthwick doesn't select him now, he could be available for Wales again in the future. I think you might find he ends up getting captured by England in the England A fixture against Portugal if he does come into the squad now. But I think it's a good opportunity to take a punt at him and see whether he can cut the mustard at, at test level really he's obviously been in fantastic form he's somebody that's been on everybody's radar for a while coming through the age age groups categories and those sorts of things but obviously you know he's very keen on becoming a doctor as well as continuing with his his rugby and he wants to stay put in exeter because he's going uh, good guns with his medical studies at Exeter university now so he's fairly settled there so yeah i think i think there's a chance there i think I think Ethan Roots as well, Exeter, I think he could very well be in the squad. And I think he's an excellent player who obviously came through the, the Kiwi system but qualifies through his English dad. So he's certainly somebody who could come in and mix it up on the blind side. The, I think the only thing you'd say there is, obviously, Courtney Laws is such a massive, massive loss for England because he's a, a genuine back rower in a, a second row's body. And England don't really have somebody else to fill that mould at the moment. And look, post-World Cup, there's a few retirements. There's a, there's going to be a natural changing of the guard. We've got some injuries, significant injuries. So Steve Borthwick's got this kind of balance between wanting to freshen it up, but also knowing that results are important. I'd be interested to know what our listeners think success looks like for England. Let me just remind you that we've lost more games than we've won in the last two Six Nations Championships. So I'm not a hard taskmaster, I don't think. Uh, I don't expect England to win every game in this transitional period. But what I do expect is them to win more than they lose. Uh, and that, to me, would be success. If you win three games and and uh, you know, you're competitive in the other two, then that would be a big step forward. Um, you know, We finished third in the World Cup. Uh, but I did say at the time, we're not the third best team in the world. Um, and it's going to be a fascinating championship. But just to put some names out there, I think you do have to pick some form players. I like Ben Spencer coming into the mix. I think he offers something different at scrum half. I think Tom Pearson, we need to add some size to our forward pack because the game is about power at the moment when you see the likes of La Rochelle and, and, uh, and Bordeaux and Toulouse, some of these big teams. So I think Tom Pearson, for me, comes into... The reckoning, and also, who's going to partner Mario Toji in the second row? Is it George Martin? Is it Oli Chesham? Um, you know, I would slightly argue that they're both vying for that position, and they're also vying for the position of, of maybe taking over from uh, the wonderful Courtney Laws. Um, Give it to Oli Chesham because he can head a pint yeah. better than George Martin, can't he? Isn't that's, that's a good enough reason <laughs> to get in the squad. <laughs> Apparently so. You know, we've got some, we've got a new centre combination that we're going to need. Oli Lawrence is 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 playing. You know, he's tearing up trees at the moment. Mm. Um, Henry Slade, who was omitted from the World Cup squad, is probably the form player in the Premiership yeah. all season. Um, he's been an amazing goal kicker and he's come up with some big plays. So does Steve Borthwick, having omitted him from the squad, go back to that? Um, the likes of Tommy Freeman, I think, comes into the reckoning. So I'm excited by this England squad and I haven't even heard it announced yet. So, <laughs> so Steve, please don't let us down. Pick some, pick some players who are playing really, really well. Pick the form players. Uh, and then everyone can get quite excited about what the future might look like. But it's going to be a really interesting tournament. 
Thanks very much, Nick, for that. We'll obviously pick up next week on what the results were. And another announcement, Lawrence, we had uh, last week was uh, not a great surprise, was that um, Andy Farrell will lead the Lions to Australia in 2025. I mean, I guess he was the only choice, really, wasn't he? It's not the only choice. There's always lots of um, you know choices you can make. Um, I think it's great to appoint someone who who really gets the Lions. Um, you know, he obviously didn't play rugby union for for that long. Uh, but he played for Great Britain for a very long time. So, you know, the whole concept of that, you know, he's coached the Lions before as an assistant. He's done an, a magnificent job. He's the world coach of the year with what he's done with Ireland. And he wants the job. And I think, I don't know who was responsible for the appointment, but I, I do think that they took their time. The likes of Ian McGeekin was involved in the process. Brian O'Driscoll uh, was also involved in the process. So it's nice to appoint a coach where, People put their hands up and say, I, I, you know, I'm the person that appointed you and I back you. So I think the Lions have made the right selection now. I think it's a great appointment and it remains to be seen who he brings in. But I'm really excited about it because uh, he's such a, a great guy, great coach. And, uh, uh, and I think he understands how special the Lions really is. Some of the best memories I have playing rugby were, were playing for the British and Irish Lions. So you're never going to get someone like myself to say a bad word about uh, what is one of the greatest teams in, in sporting teams in the world. I think uh, things change. Um, so the traditional format, the traditional tours, you know, you have to evolve uh, and, and move with the times. You know, the Lions are now looking at playing games, uh, warm-up games before they go and arrive in Australia, which makes sense. There's one in Ireland. I think that we've got a, a Lionesses team as well, which is. Uh, already been highlighted as something that's going to happen in the future, which again is very exciting. What's the one country that you would have loved to have gone to on a Lions tour that they currently don't? Um, well, listen, I mean, the, you know, the, the New Zealand, uh, South Africa Lions tours are stuff of legends, but I suppose if if you were going to, I mean, why would you not extend it to somewhere like Argentina or, or the South Americas? I mean, there's a few Pumas over there, so why not have a few Lions? Ah, I see what you did there. Very good. Lions against Pumas. There we go. Who wins that battle? Now let's just uh, have a little look ahead to this weekend because uh, you are off to Warsaw again, Mr Delalio, but we do have a lot of great rugby to watch. So um, should we just have a look through the pools uh, in terms of these games that are coming up and who you think will get through? Yeah, I mean, just to remind ourselves, the eight teams that are already qualified, I think, are, here we go, Northampton, Exeter, Toulouse, Bath, Quinns, Leinster, Bordeaux and Lyon have guaranteed their place in the last 16. So if we go to Pool 1, just to give you the headlines and, and highlights, Connacht could still qualify if they get five points and neither Bristol nor Surrey's get any points at all. But really, it's going to come down, I think, to a shootout between Bristol and Surrey's. The points difference, one has plus 30, the other one has plus 31. So Surrey's entertain Lyon uh, and if they can put a decent score in there, then they've just got to make sure that they outscore Bristol, who will be over in Connacht. So I think uh, for me, having lost five out of seven, <laughs> I think I'm not writing off uh, Saracens, who I think will claim one of those spots. I agree. Pool yeah. two, Ulster, Cardiff and Racing are all in with a shout. If Ulster lose to Quinns, then Racing and Cardiff will do battle for that spot. And I, uh, having lost all three games, Racing, you've got to say they were a little bit unfortunate down at Bath. Um, they looked like the real deal. They were controlling the game in the first half. Yeah. I have to say, I think yeah. that, yeah, they're, they're going to be too strong, aren't they, I think? So I think at home, La Defense Arena, they could yet uh, claim that spot. Pool three, Northampton obviously gone through with a big cue, so they'll be playing a last 16 game at home. They go away to Munster, 
and Exeter, who've already qualified. It's all up for grabs, really. Munster, magnificent performance away in Toulon in round three. So I do believe that Munster can get something out of that visit of Northampton Saints, depending on the team that they send out there. Just on that, that Exeter-Glasgow, because that's one thing we didn't touch on, what did you think of that try that was disallowed well, at the end of the game? I mean, I went on social media immediately, and obviously if you're a Glasgow fan, they were, they were looking at 15 different decisions that the referee could have made. But the, but the reality is that as painful as it is to, to have a disallowed try in the last minute, the laws of rugby are the laws of rugby. Yeah. Uh, the flanker, and I played flanker for quite a few years, has to be bound with one full-arm bind. Yeah. And um, Ewan Ferry, bless him, uh, wasn't bound. And not only was he not bound, uh, he used his hand to push off the scrum to intercept and score the try. So, listen, it was unfortunate. They deserve something out of the game. But the reality is that uh, the laws are the laws. And uh, Exeter rode their luck once again. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and they're through. So uh, let's go to pool four, La Rochelle. Um, I mean, this was the big story. The holders started the top 14 season poorly, lost both games, Ronan O'Gara under all sort of pressure. I noticed they brought back Gregory Aldrich from his sabbatical because he needed to play. And he had a, a huge game, as did Antonio, as did uh, some of their big players. So they have to go to Sale. Sale went down uh, against the Stormers, I think. That's right, But yeah. Sale have only been beaten once this season at the AJ Bell by Bristol. They've and... now lost three in a row, though, Sale. They're on yeah. a bit of a losing streak. Yeah, so, so listen, I mean, La Rochelle against Sale, that is a straight shootout with the winner, I think, getting the last place. The only thing that La Rochelle have got to contend with, they lost their hooker, Bougarie. Uh, Jonathan Dante went off with a head injury. Antonio looked like he was holding his arm. So that was an incredibly physical game. Um, so it's it's going to be fascinating. It really is. I mean, you'd expect the French to flex their muscles. Uh, I think La Rochelle will make it through. I do think uh, Racing will make it through. But there is opportunity for so, so many teams. And that's what makes this format of the competition, the new format, really quite exciting. I'm not sure EPCR planned it that way, but that's okay. You know, the South African teams, we've not even talked about them yet. They are not allowed to play uh, a home last 16 game or a quarterfinal. I noticed that Jake White said that uh, if uh, if his team made it through to the latter stages, that he'd like to go back to Ashton Gate because they have, they're, <laughs> they're not allowed to play at home. No. Why is that? Because it's a little bit unfair to to bring teams from, you know, uh, to altitude until, well, oh, until, until the latter stages of the competition. But surely if you've qualified as a top seed, you should be allowed to play at home. But, well, I, think... I mean, there's still, it's, nobody's won in South Africa yet, have they, still? No. So, since they've come back into the competition. So, no. it's, um, I kind of understand it from that perspective, but then it's slightly unfair on them. But then that's a whole other debate, isn't it? But listen, it's, it's, so, it's such an exciting competition. You know, keep your TVs on because uh, it'll probably go right down to the very last game of round four on Sunday. Um, it's a great stuff. That's all for this episode. My thanks to you, Steve, and to Nick Perewell from the Evening Standard. We'll be back next week with all the rugby news, all the results, everything you need to know. So until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.